Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Get ready to ride along on our second annual summer road tour powered by Echo, Kohler Engines, Site One, and Nice Job. We are traveling the country, talking with green industry leaders, discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Today on the show, we're going to chat with one of my favorite YouTubers, Jason Creel from the Lawn Care Life. And uh, we're actually out at his beautiful property here. He has a pool barn in the backyard, like four or five acres, a driving range back there. And uh, we're going to play a little closest to the pin out there. He's got like a, a hundred yard to the pin. And uh, we're going to see who can uh, throw some darts there, if you will, for all my golfing friends out there. I uh, absolutely love this property that Jason has here. It's kind of always something I've dreamed of, of having a home like this on a plot of land with the barn. And I never dreamed of the the golf cart and the driving range, but now that I'm here, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool too. But uh, when you're making big money like Jason Carell, man, I guess I guess you can uh, have it all. So he's living the dream out here in uh, Nick Saban. What's the name of Alabama? There you go, <laughs> Nick Saban country. So uh, we're appreciative of our uh, summer tour sponsors, Echo Kohler Engines, uh, Site One, and Nice Job. They have given us the time and space to come out to these folks' homes and, and shops and and travel up and down the East Coast. And now we're working our way down south and bringing you guys the best content that we can. And, and being in person, I think, adds that element to it that's uh, super exciting. Also, I want to let you guys know about our friends at GPS Track It. They are an easy-to-use fleet management solution. Jason, I know you've been working with them for a while now, as well as my friends, uh, Naylor and uh, Caleb Allman. And we're all just kind of on that onboarding phase of, of getting used to being able to track all this information all in one place. So guys, if you have a fleet of vehicles, check out GPS track it. So you can actually monitor real-time data, accurate data, so you can make better decisions with your business and have peace of mind. 24-7 coverage, uh, that powers and protects your business so you know where your vehicles are at and when they're on, what what their uh, driving um, details are and where the vehicle is going. Is it at the place it's supposed to be at or perhaps it's not? I mean, all these years where we're able to track this, who knows where our guys were at and what they were doing. But now that you can track all of that, uh, it will definitely help you take your business to the next level. That's our friends at GPS Track It. So we're going to hear from today's summer tour sponsors. And uh, coming up, it's my conversation with Jason Creole. We also have special guest in the house, Dr. Frank Holloman. So stay tuned as we have more. Let me see if I can get your name right with Jason Creole. Coming right up. Hello, it's Marty from the Green Industry Podcast team. And are you looking to grow your service business? 
If so, visit NiceJob.com. NiceJob, these guys are a reputation marketing software that will help your business collect two to three times more reviews on Google, Facebook, and all the platforms that matter. You'll also get automated marketing tools to help you share that social proof to get more sales and more leads. Start with a 14-day free trial at NiceJob.com. Calling all landscape pros who want to get serious about healthy turf and a healthier bottom line. It's time to throw down new innovations. Built on 50 years of proven agronomic proficiency, Lesco fertilizers, control products, seed, and equipment are engineered to produce more resilient turf. We'll continue to bring new technologies, so no matter the day, you'll always bring your A-game. Upgrade and outperform with Lesco. Visit site1.com slash Lesco today to learn more. Kohler introduces an industry-first 300-hour oil change kit. The innovative oil change kit includes new Kohler Pro 10W50 full synthetic oil and Kohler Pro Extended Life oil filter, which when paired together, triple the oil change interval in Kohler gas engines from 100 hours to 300 hours. You can reduce your annual oil change costs by up to 50% while improving equipment uptime and productivity. Kohler Pro 10W50 oil is engineered for increased wear protection under extreme operating conditions. Kohler Pro 300-hour oil change kits are available for most Kohler engines. Contact your local Kohler authorized dealer to learn more about Kohler Pro 300-hour oil change kits. Kohler, powering your profitability since 1920. Yeah, this is just a tree. Kind of like this is just a chainsaw, and you're just out for a nice little stroll through the woods. The Echo CS7310, a bar up to 32 inches long, 73.5 cc's of whoa. It's just the most powerful chainsaw we've ever made. So yeah, maybe that was just a tree. Echo, power on and on. The 2021 Summer Road Tour, sponsored by Kohler, continues. Once again, here's the author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Paul Jameson. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Jason Creoles. We're having a blast here. Dr. Frank Hallman, my road trip buddy. And uh, Jason, so kind to let us hang out with them after a day at the bowling alley. Took the family bowling. Yes, we did. We uh, we lit it up the lanes, man. 157, 136, or what was your scores? Something about pathetic like that. I walked out with a paper bag on my head. Man, so it's good to be here in Alabama. My producer's from Alabama, Mr. Producer. He is. A, isn't he a big Alabama fan? Big time, big yeah, time. that's great. You don't find many small Alabama fans. Everybody says, I'm a big, especially when they're winning. You know, back when uh, – Mike Shula was the coach. There was a lot of small-time closet Alabama fans. But now that Nick Saban's the coach, everybody's big Alabama fan. Yeah, I like that YouTube video where he talked about, like, if you're a high perform high performers, hang around high performers. Yes. And if you're, a, if you're not carrying your weight, you ain't going to make it around here. And I, I think that even implies to business. Yeah, I think so. You know the video I'm talking about, his little speech? Who, who, who said that? Coach Saban. He said that. Yeah, he's kind of a driven personality. You know, I don't think he wakes up thinking, I don't know if I'm going to go to work today. Mail it in today. <laughs> yeah, I think I might just take the day off. You know, he's pretty motivated. He drove by you one time in a Mercedes, correct? He drove by. He wasn't driving. He had he had a driver, but yeah, he, he has. A, you were you know, out just spraying or? Yeah, he was right around here, but we, we have some really good high school football in the area, so I'm pretty sure he was visiting one of our big recruits around here. 
And you just popped your head up, and you're like, that's Coach Saban. I mean, it's hard to miss him. He's by far the most famous person in the state, I'm pretty sure. You know, the only person that, well, you know, Charles Barkley's from Alabama. Nah, Nick Saban or Barkley any day. locally, I mean, Saban would be more popular. But nationwide, I don't know, more people probably recognize Charles Barkley. But he doesn't live here now. You know, he just, he's from. He lives in Atlanta, don't he? I thought he lived out in like Arizona, but I don't know. Oh, mate, but probably. He, but he probably. works in Atlanta a lot because of the Turner stuff. But yeah, he's yeah. from he's from Leeds, which is about twenty minutes from where I live. Yeah. Okay, but he went to the other school. Yeah, he did go to, to Auburn. Okay. Uh, Doctor yeah, Frank yeah. went to Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah, and did you know that the uh, Alabama fight song mentions Georgia Tech in their fight song? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. It talks about um, sending, uh, it's a derogatory statement to Georgia Tech because it's a rival, not these days, but back in the day. And it, it mentions something about bringing the Yellow Jackets to a water, waterly grave. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think if we played this year, it would end too well for the, uh, <laughs> the rambling wreck or whatever they yeah. call them over there. Georgia Tech Ram, what are y'all, Frank? Yeah, the rambling wreck. Uh-huh. Okay, but you can't. You, you can't. You got to be smart to graduate from Georgia Tech. It's an impressive university. They're good in science and engineering. Yeah. Yeah, and if we had a math test, I'd take Georgia Tech over Alabama any day. <laughs> yeah. but on I think I would field, too. It might be a little, I little, would too. A little tough. In fact, I'd take Auburn over Alabama for the engineering and the math. Uh, they're the uh, ag school, you know. Yeah. So they call it Cal College. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you. So most of y'all know uh, our guest today, Jason Creel. He's been on YouTube for 10 years or so. He's got over 80,000. You're, you're pushing 90,000. I'm trying. I'm YouTube trying. subscribers over there got an invitation back to the Hype House with that uh, with that following. And uh, are you getting pumped for the Hype House, man? Second second year, did you block off some time? We're, we're planning to come. I don't, you know, my... My uh, excitement level doesn't change a lot uh, <laughs> for day to day, you know. So I'm not, I'm just saying uh, I, we had a great time, and we're looking forward to going. Do you, do you again. think Alan's going to invite us back out on the boat or what? I don't know. We might have to get a different captain if we do. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Do you know, I saw Captain Gene because um, I stayed at the hotel there at the marina because mm-hmm. I, I was still on my tour for a while. Afterwards, I was walking by, and he walked by, and I was like, "Hey, Captain Gene!" He's like, "Hey." Did he? Did he make derogatory I, I comments? Think he, about I think he mentioned something, but I, it was just an, it like like Bama boy. But <laughs> well, I went with a guy about uh, he was calling him Bama boy. We went about a week ago. I went with a couple of fertilizer friends down the coast of Alabama. We caught about sixty speckled trout, so we had a good time. Where do y'all fish? This was all close to. Um, it was actually in Bayou Labatry, Alabama, where all the shrimp boats are, you know, like okay. Bubba Gump kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but down on the coast of, uh, you know, near Dolphin Island and places like that, if you're familiar with those areas. Okay, so there, there's the uh, there's beaches in, in Alabama. Yeah, we have a little bit of like Gulf Shores is probably the most well-known one. But yeah, down there on the coast, we do have a little bit of beach area, not, not as much as Florida. But they're, you know, comparable in the beauty of them, like the... Uh, Florida beaches. It's down there in Mobile area. Yeah, down close to Mobile. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice down there. Yeah. So, Jason, give everyone who maybe isn't familiar with your backstory just a little abbreviated version because you've bought. Pardon me. You've built multiple businesses mm-hmm. and sold them, and now you're in a wheelhouse with Furt and Squirt. Yeah. So when I 
this was uh, been a while now, but uh, at one point in my life, I kind of came to a, a dead end. I had I had probably fifteen jobs, and I'm not exaggerating. I had some terrible jobs. I I sold copier machines. I worked at Waffle House. I worked at McDonald's. I've worked at a data entry for a bank. I worked uh, killing termites at a big pest control place. I worked this place where we built uh, train cars, like like full flat restored old train cars. And then I went with a friend of mine over to Germany and played baseball for six months. Really? And uh, yeah. And, and so when I came back, I was kind of at a stage of life. I was like, I got to, you know, I got to do something. I got to quit being a loser, you know, and then working all these loser jobs. And I had a college degree and did did well in school and all that but so i just i thought about joining the military i thought about uh, i'd been over to germany working with my buddy who's a, a pastor i thought about maybe going back over there and i but then i thought or maybe start a business so what i did i bought this book it's called uh, by dan, <laughs> dan miller is the guy's name and it's 48, 48 days. days of work you love and then he had one 48 days of creative income you know i've always won stuff i don't know why but even when i bought that I, I I got this email or something. They called me and said, Jason, you won the uh, GPS giveaway. And I won with a Garmin GPS back when those were cool. And uh, <laughs> and I was I just started my line business. And I was like, you know, and I won a permagreen at the GIE and all this other stuff. But anyway, um, I got that thing and I, I read that book and I, I always had this desire to start my own business. And I was like, well, what can I do? So I started a, a mowing business and it was, I mean, I had all these terrible jobs. So it didn't have to be. It you didn't even like, mention the coupon career. Oh, that was actually after, yeah, during, I started a coupon book business. That was a huge mistake. That was, um, that's what they say. I heard somebody talk about if you want to. Uh, if you start a bait and tackle shop, he said, you know how you make a million dollars with a bait and tackle shop? He said, you got to start with $2 million. I said, that's about the way it is with a coupon book business. So you start with $2 million, you might get out of there with a million. So um, anyway, I didn't. I wasn't the person for that. I'm not saying it's a bad business. But uh, anyway, well, yeah, so I started my mowing business, and it was like right off the bat, I got this neighborhood interest where it was paying me $1,025 a month year-round, and I could get out there and mow in no time. I mean, I went through long periods of time in my life where that was a good uh, two-week paycheck. If I made that, I was thrilled, and I was going out there and just mow that yard, mow this interest way, a small interest way, take probably two hours by myself to do it. Was that commercial or residential? I mean, it was just like a neighborhood. It was just, you know, houses in there. And so the, uh, it was a property management association. Oh, yeah. that, so I bid on it. And I had, you know, this guy helped me put the bid. And I put the bid and they called me, told me I got it. I said, <laughs> all I got to do is mow this little strip of grass right here. The, y'all go pay. I didn't know what the bid. He told me, put that down. I put it down. They said, yes. I thought, and I kept it for like five years. It was awesome. I, I did. They did ask me to cut my price a couple of times, but I thought it still was great. And then it was this neighborhood. They were building these little bitty spec homes. And there was, uh, they had about 20 of them in the neighborhood that weren't sold yet. And so the builder gets with me and he says, hey, can you cut all these yards? And they were like, many of them on the same street so like literally i didn't i didn't uh, have to edge them or anything he just wanted to cut and weedy i would like get the mower and i'd just drive through about five or six backyards in a row cutting them i was charging 20 bucks and i was cutting like 20 spec homes for 20 bucks it was like 400 dollars. probably take me like two hours or so and doing the interest way I thought this is the greatest job I ever had. So that's kind of my starting lawn business. And then the next year, I bought out a guy who was getting out of the business. Actually, what he did, if I, he was selling lawnmowers, and he told me, 
if I he was selling his equipment. He said if I bought two of his mowers, he'd give me the customers. <laughs> so I bought a Walker mower and some big sixty inch thing that I turned right around and sold. And I kept the Walker, and he gave me some really good accounts, some commercial accounts that paid uh, great. So. That was a big uh, boost to me, especially for my year-round income because a lot of those were year-round payments. So anyway, after about five years, somebody approached me, bought that business. Um, I, I then turned around. I kept a small portion of my business, cause, but I had a non-compete. It was very restrictive, so I wasn't able to do great, and I, I did that for two years. Then we moved, and I had sold the rest of that business and the equipment, and I moved here, and I started over again. I moved two hours away, and I'm, I started mowing and spraying and doing the weed control thing. And after about three years, I gave up the mowing altogether. I, I traded actually a guy. To, I just gave him my little bit of customers I had if he would cut my grass for a year. So he did that. And he's actually still in business and watches this on YouTube a lot. And he's doing doing great. But anyway, um, I, so then I've been doing weed control exclusively since then. It's going great. Tell us a little bit more about that decision. It was Alabama Turf Pros, this last business you're currently on? My current business is Alabama Lawn Pros. Oh, yeah. Alabama Lawn Pros. Forgive me. What what motivated you to drop the mowing division? Because at, at one point you're like, "This is great money. This is incredible." Yeah. And then you, you had another epiphany with Furt and Squirt, and you t- walk us through your process of why you let go of the mowing. Yeah. Well, for me, I think when I try to advise people, I'm like, you try to picture what you want to become five, ten years from now. You know. So I was in this situation. We moved here. I had three kids and maybe a fourth on the way, and. I had no customers, not not one customer, you know, and I was like, no income. And I was like, I mean, I had some money from selling my business, but not a whole lot, honestly, after my coupon book debacle. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I had to make money. So, I mean, I was, I was, every time I've started, uh, well, I say every time, I know at least twice when I started my lawn business, I've worked a part-time job. And I was even, when I moved here, I was working at my in-laws have a wedding venue. If you've ever been to our conference, they, they do weddings there. I was even working working weekends, helping with the wedding. So just trying to make ends meet. So, um, but then the first year, you know, I got about a hundred customers, but I, you know, just mowing, what, what had happened, Paul was, I was just thinking, I don't think I want to be a huge company. I'm trying to do YouTube, trying to mow, trying to spray. And I would be out there, um, spraying and, or let's say I'd be out there mowing one day. I try to keep my mowing on two days and spray, but I'd be out there mowing and somebody'd call and want me to come give them a quote for spraying. So here I am pulling up with a truck and trailer lawnmowers. And it just, I felt like it just kind of, you know, people wanted somebody that was just spraying. You know, if you want to do both, I think it's fine. You just need the manpower and you need to keep it separate, like have a spray truck and have a mowing truck. I didn't like having a sprayer on the back of my truck and pulling up with lawnmowers. And then I just like, I don't want to hire people and have, I didn't have room to keep everything at the time. You know, we got more space now, but so anyway, that was kind of it. And then went between the two of them, I was definitely making more money spraying than I was mowing. Um, so that was kind of an easy decision. I was like, well, I'm going to only do one of these. I know which one it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, when you go do the same yard, you mow it, and I made $50. It took me 45 minutes, and then I go spray, and it took seven minutes, and I charge them $60. I'm thinking, man, I think I'll do this. So that's kind of the way it went. That makes a lot of sense. Well, friends, we're going to have more with Jason Krill. Uh, did I say it right? That was probably your best of the day. All right. We'll have more with Jason and Dr. Frank coming up.
You've heard Caleb and Brittany Allman talking about the Hardscape Academy, but have you checked it out for yourself? TheHardscapeAcademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab, from initial planning to final installation, and again, those are absolutely free. If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you, and that link is in today's show notes. home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time truth be told you can't give it your full energy or focus it just sits there most nights untouched continually haunting you it's costing you good decision making and your peace of mind gulf coast bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind you can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends, all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. GPS Track, it makes managing your driver, vehicles, and equipment assets simple with the latest technology and personalized, friendly customer support for service businesses of all sizes. With GPS Track, it you get a real-time view of where your fleet vehicles are around the clock helping improve route density and operate more efficiently. GPS Track It has been delivering peace of mind for over 12,000 customers in lawn and landscaping, and they've been doing it for over 20 years. Are you ready to protect your fleet, save money, and cut down on fuel costs? Call 844-996-2518 to speak with a knowledgeable fleet advisor. No pressure, no hassles, low monthly fees, and no contracts. 844-996-2518 or visit greenindustrypodcast.com slash GPS track it. All right. Off air, Dr. Frank's trying to recruit Jason to listen to one of our episodes when you were sharing your uh, tips for us on life. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting, though, how Paul started his business and uh, the different evolution of his thinking and how his life situation kept evolving. Jason or me? No, Jason. Okay, you said Paul. Oh, I meant to say Jason. Sorry. Well, Frank, okay. though, well, you remember one thing I told Paul, and Paul probably remembers this, when he... Paul wasn't too far in his podcast, and I called Paul, talked to him one day, and I said, you know what? I love that uh, interview with that doctor guy talking about the keto diet, and and uh, that's before I had met you, you know, and so I definitely listened to that one. I learned a lot from that. You know, it was like on cellular health. It wasn't just keto, but that right. was part of and it. I do more than the keto, but uh, anyway, getting back, now that I got your name right, <laughs> it's very interesting <laughs> about how you evolved and how you're thinking about business changed. And really what I like about what you were saying is that um, because you're an entrepreneur and you're in business for yourself and you have been for a lot of years now, you, you, uh, you made decisions in the business to go this way and that way based on the kind of life you wanted to live. And as your lifestyle changed or you had more kids and more family obligations and different situations, 
different types of business became more appealing and you, you had that freedom to do that. Yeah, I think that's something honestly has been the biggest challenge with the lawn care business is trying to figure out how to balance making money. You, you can anybody, you can make money in lawn care. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You can also work yourself to death and it's all you do is just do lawn care. So I was trying to and still wrestle with this, but how can I make the most money and, and and not consume my entire life. Like even on YouTube, like I can wake up every day and go shoot another video and another video and another. And I'm not I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm I, if you're going to do that and go run the lawn business. And so I'm trying to think, how can I also excel in other areas of life? Like uh, like even you guys, I thought when we were at the uh, hype house, I thought one thing was great. Y'all have kind of built in habits into your life of trying to eat. A, you know, fairly healthy and exercise. And I thought, you know, it's not good long term to not ever see your kids because you work all the time, to not ever eat healthy because you just go get fast food because you just work all the time or never exercise. So I'm trying to, you know, not just be the greatest lawn care person ever and neglect all other areas of life. I want to try to be excellent in other areas too. And and, it's, and that's a challenge. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's kind of the, because just making money, I mean, yeah, we can make money. I can go out there and just work from 6 a.m. I can work Christmas Eve if I want to, but I don't, you know, that's not the life I want to have. Yeah, everything in life has a price tag. And what we always have to do is continually make the decision is whether we can afford it or not. Not necessarily in terms of money, but in terms of the toll and the price that it takes on our life. And everybody has to make that decision for themselves. One question that I had, though, is when you were talking about specializing and doing the spraying and the fertilizing, uh, in addition to the lawn care and how you, you, you really mentioned that it was very time efficient in terms of the amount of hours you had to put in it and the return that you got from it. But it was also a specialization. What was more important? Was it the fact that it was the specialization or the fact that it was just time efficient? Man, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Uh, If I had to, if, uh, I don't know, I'm going to choose one just because I hate saying I don't know, but I'm going to choose the efficiency part because I think if you were like super, super efficient in mowing grass, you, you'd, you'd still make a lot of profit, even if it's not that specialized. But both of those are very much true. And that was the other thing. I, was, I, went, I forgot this while ago, Paul. But basically, when I started mowing and spraying, you know, the mowing guys don't necessarily want to send me their customers to spray if I'm mowing too, because I'm their competitor. But when I said, hey, I'm just the spray guy, now all these local mowing guys, they know me as a spray guy. They send me the the spraying customers, you know, and vice versa. I send them the one customer. So I was no longer their competition and that really helped a lot. And that's honestly one of the best ways I get customers is just getting to know the local people that are mowing lawns. Well, here's how I'm taking your answer then. It was actually multiple factors that synergistically made it very profitable and worthwhile doing. It was um, the fact that it was time efficient, but that specialization, I would think, uh, made it less of a commodity so that uh, everybody's out there mowing and people generally have an idea in their head. Well, I can get this lawn mowed uh, cheaper by this guy. And they they kind of often can become a race to the bottom if you've got a lot of competition and it becomes more like a commodity. But when you specialize. People don't really have a lot of people to go to for that, and you can charge reasonably what uh, in a wide range, mm-hmm. and and people wouldn't 
complain about that because they don't really know what they should be paying for that. But if it seems reasonable, they'll pay it. And so I think you got a lot of factors going on all at the same time. How would you respond to that? Yeah, I think it, it definitely you can charge a little bit more because it's specialized, but then also I'm only doing seven apps a year. So let's say you're paying sixty dollars to have your grass cut, and I say, well, it's going to be seventy five to spray it. They're not like freaking out because it's seven times a year. Now the mowing might be twenty five times a year, you know. So they look at it for the over the course of the year. It's like, yeah, it's only seven times a year. I can do that, you know. So, um, and, and seven times a year—that's the—that's the little bit of the downside with the spray. And is you can't go out there with fifty customers and make a living. I mean, you because I'm only doing it seven times a year. I've got to have hundreds of customers. I mean, it probably took three hundred customers to fill my schedule up, and that can be a little intimidating for somebody how do I get 300 customers? Well, I mean, I got like 100 the first year. I found it actually easier to get customers for weed control, but I think mostly because it's specialized and there's not near as much competition. And you got a lot of referrals. That's Probably right. more than the lawn care, right? Yeah, when you get customer, you get established. You know, if I got 300 customers, well, then that's 300 people that can vouch for me. And then, I mean, honestly, I turn it down business now because I don't, I'm not saying I'm, I'm still trying to grow. I'm, I'm very selective in who I take on because I'm trying to keep a really tight route. Yeah. Well, well, go ahead, Dr. Frank. No, I was just going to say I like that last comment, too, about trying to be very selective about your customers and probably even firing your bad customers. I have fired a couple. I fired one this year. I fired one just the other day, and it, I, wouldn't, I try not to be ugly about it, but he, he – um, it was $44. His yard was $44. And, uh, and I, and he didn't pay and he's been a customer for a while, but he, he, he moved in a new house and it's $44. And it, I've always emailed the invoice to this business account. And he told me, email it to him. I didn't get paid. I call him. He says, he says, um, why don't you come out and pick up the, the money in my house? I was like, I really don't want to do that. I said, how about I just text you the invoice, you click on it, and you pay it. He's like, oh, yeah, that works. Well, the next day comes around, it's time to spray his yard again. He didn't pay it. I call him in. I said, hey, I sent you the link. What happened? You didn't pay. He, he says, I, I go, buy, go buy my son's uh, business and go pick up the $44. <laughs> I said, okay, because, and so I go by the son, oh, the son's man. business. No, I go by the son's business because the son's always want to pay. Oh. I tell the son the story. The son says, I said, son, you're the one that told me to email it to the business account like I always have. He says, why are you coming here yelling at me? And he said, I, you know, the fact, he said, I ain't got nothing to do with me. This has got to do with my dad. I said, well, you're the one that's always paid it. You told me to email it to this account. And then sure enough, while I'm sitting there arguing him, old dad comes walking in. He pulls his wallet out and hands me the money and I walked out of there thinking this won't happen again this will be your last $44 I chased down he then sent me on and oh and he, and he said when he's handing me the money he says I wasn't uh, trying to send you on a wild goose chase or anything I said that's exactly what you did man you had me and unfortunately it wasn't very far away but just the principle of the thing man I said like, I got hundreds of customers I'm supposed to come over here and drive around and text you this and do that and I was like so I called him Recently, and I, I did make a point of this. I think in those situations, you should at least have the courtesy to call the person. I wasn't going to just send him a text. I mean, you know, so I called him, and he didn't answer. So I just left him a voicemail. Say, hey, you know, I appreciate your business over the years, but uh, you know, last time it, you sent me on a little bit of a goose chase to get the money. So I'm, I'm gonna let uh, let you move forward with another provider. You know, so and that was the end. Of he it. He took never, it nicely. He never called by. I mean, I you know, if he would have, he yell at me. I don't care. But I mean, you know, it's just a principle thing. You don't do people like that. It's, it's not you. It's me. What's the, what's the line? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know the line. <laughs> it's, it's, it, uh, uh, all right. Um, I want to ask you a question, Jason, uh, because you were talking earlier about 300 customers, kind of the threshold to make your schedule full, make it a full-time living. There's guys listening that are out there on the mower thinking they've been interested in doing um, fertilization. You know what? Next year, I just want to go all in on fertilization, get my rig set up, do it. How do you get from zero to 300 or maybe 20 customers to 300? Well, what's the best marketing plan for an area? We'll use, we'll use this area. There's some cookie cutter neighborhoods around here. It's not Atlanta where there's a lot of them, but there's some, but what would be a marketing plan? If you were starting all over a new company, zero customers and a little bit of money to market, what yeah. would you do? So me moving to a new area, I mean, I, we had some family in town, so I mean, we had some connections and stuff you like that. You got no connection. You're just, yeah. there's no, no, okay. no, nothing propping right. you up. You, you got to start with zero. Yeah, you got to figure out the, the neighborhoods where the people are going to pay. You know, don't waste your time driving around in, in places where nobody cares about that kind of stuff. So anyway, fortunately in our area, it's a growing city. There's a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of demand for our services. But uh, what I did, I got on Facebook and I get in these local Facebook uh, groups. So, uh, and I start, I just start searching for the keyword lawn, you know, and it would be somebody in the Facebook group saying, I'm looking for somebody to mow my lawn or I'm looking for somebody to spray my lawn or something. Well, then I'd start looking in the comments and see who I was getting recommended. And it was like, 50 people that they recommend to mow their lawn. And so I started calling those people. I said, hey, um, you know, I'm Jason. I'm a weed control fertilization business. I know you mow lawns. I used to mow lawns too. But if, you know, I don't know if you have a weed control guy that you're sending your customers to. If not, I would love to be that person. So I would offer to meet them for breakfast. I'd offer to go spray their lawn, whatever I had to do to kind of initiate that relationship. So that was one thing. I mean, when I first moved in, I would actually go out on Saturdays and knock on doors. I don't like doing that, but it was pretty uncomfortable. But it definitely works, especially in the springtime. Uh, I did some direct mail, things like that. But to me, the, you know, the social media is kind of where it's at. And then I tell people, too, you know, it may not pay off the first year. But if you're going to be in it, go ahead and get you a website and start this search engine optimization process. Because now I don't think it's even close, even more than the referrals I get. My website brings me more leads than anything else because I rank well in the local area so you know again that might not happen the first year but it, why would you not take advantage of the uh, the best opportunity you have to bring customers for free you know, now when want. you did the direct mail were you doing postcards or were you doing uh, letters with an envelope I did a uh, postcard. I did like the uh, every door direct mail through the post. I, I didn't have a great experience with that. And then I did one of these, like they call it money mail or something. Where they stick your little flyer in there with about 50 other flyers. It was way cheaper. But I mean, the return was pathetic. But <laughs> well, um, that's but different than the postcards, though. Cheap. You probably did better with the postcards. I did better with it, but it was so expensive. I was like, man, this to me, none of that can compete with just getting out there, building relationships with people. And I'm not talking about real estate agents. I'm not, I'm not ugly on them, but like they're they're not connected to your industry like somebody who's out there mowing lawns you know real estate person calls you when they need something mowed 
tomorrows for the pictures on the next day, you know, like that, but like a mowing guy, they're taking care of this customer's lawn and they want a good weed control guy also taking care of that lawn. So that yard looks good, you know, so that's, that's the connection you need. Just one more question though about the direct mail. Uh, were you driving them from the direct mail to your website or you didn't have your website at that point? I think I had the website, but I also put my phone number on there. But I mean, I, you know, it, it was just expensive, my return. Now, I think stuff like that, what the marketer says, you got to do it over and over and over again. So, well, I might go broke if I keep doing it over and over again. You know, yeah. sometimes the big companies do that, but I don't think a small timer has to do that. I think you can uh, focus more on relationships and on uh, the internet and social right. media. There's nothing cheaper than the internet. Yeah, I love the internet. And word of stuff mouth. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, before we uh, button things up, as Fullerton says, uh, what about flyers, uh, the door hanger flyer thing? I used to do that a lot. I I, I think what I, when I was going out and knocking on doors on Saturday, if they were if they didn't answer, I would leave a door, a, a flyer, door hanger door or, hanger. or a, a well designed postcard was better. Okay, uh, and those do those can work. I mean, you got to kind of hit the right neighborhood. Like if they're still like we have a neighborhood right down the road, they're building hundreds of houses and they're selling as fast as can as they can. So you got a lot of people coming in. I used to live in a military town, and so every summer you had this new wave of military people moving into the nice neighborhoods well they didn't know anybody in town so if you could time it right you know stuff like that could be very effective uh, so it, it's you just got a hit or miss on those things that's how i got ricardo allen when he was the um safety of the atlanta falcons and the captain the coach henderson lived in his house before him a new coach henderson sold it to him so coach henderson moved out to his new fancy house this house was already fancy but he got even a nicer house and I was driving through the neighborhood and I saw Ricardo Allen in his, by his front door. And I hop out of my truck real quick. I had a um, Los Angeles Chargers official shirt on. I looked pretty sharp. You know, I, was, I walk up, I was like, hey, I'm Paul. I do so-and-so's yard. I do Coach Smith. I'm, I'm name dropping. And, and I was like, I'd love to keep taking care of this place. And he's like, yeah, man, yeah, man. Give me your phone. You know, and we did numbers. Bam, I got him. It was right there. I hopped on it before anyone else could pitch him there you go it's all about timing sometimes I'd you you like to think sometimes that these customers that like hey i'm gonna put a postcard on their door in january and they'll they'll think about it for months but usually it's a spur of the moment decision it's like april my grass is a foot tall whoever knocks on my door first that's who i'm hiring you know it's not something they like put a lot of thought into usually yeah um it's talking about putting thoughts into stuff you uh created a program um, where you have a whole bunch of videos, a whole bunch of resources. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, I can't guarantee it'll be 397 bucks. Try to encourage Jason to bump up his price a little bit, but tell us a little bit about your um, bundle and, and what's included for someone who wants to learn more about building a fertilization, lawn mowing. Uh, you, you've been in this biz for a while and you put, put together your best thoughts. Yeah. So it's, I call it the Weed Control Fertilization Academy and we, we got like there's stuff in there, basic stuff for somebody's just starting a business. But I thought, what is on the internet? Because people ask me on YouTube, they leave a comment, you know, how do I start a weed control fertilization business? Or email me. I'm thinking about getting started. Well, 
I don't know what to tell them on the internet. I mean, you can call, call your department of agriculture and go get a license, but what good is that going to do you as far as actually getting out there and learning how to run the business? Um, so, you know, there's just not a lot of options out there. So you either have to find somebody local who can, who will sort of mentor you and take you under the wing, which is a great option. But also we come up with this program and then I just put it on video. I just thought, what is everything I can think of to make a video that somebody would need to know if they were going to start a week? control and fertilization business now it is geared more toward uh, warm season grasses but like put giving you the program like what do you spray when do you spray it how much to spray the equipment the marketing you know and just all fungicides extra services i mean and pricing just all kind Everything. of stuff yeah i mean i just thought what, what else can i make a video about so you do all that put it together in a course and uh, and then it comes with a lot of documents and stuff because you know as far as like your programs and things like that have it on paper so that you don't you know out there is it's not a business that you just go out there and kind of figure out on your own i mean you you might could but that would be a little bit of a challenge you know i was like i'll just read a book i'll get out there and start me a weed control business you know you because people, that's their biggest concern. Is like, I'm going to turn the yard brown. You'll be on like, CNN. Yeah, the yeah. yard's all brown. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so you'll be, you'll be uh, getting the pictures circulated around the internet. Look what my lung 14 Palace brand new yeah. sod. Dash. I mean, I understand. It can be intimidating. But anyway, if you have somebody who can teach you who's done that and you just uh, observe what they do and let them teach you. So that's what I did. Put it in video form. And uh, like I said, it's three ninety seven. Um, in some ways, that's a lot of money. In some ways, it's not a lot of money. I tell people, you consistently make over $1,000 a day in revenue. You write the three ninety seven dollars off. So I, I think it's a good value. And um, But I tell people, I've mentioned this before, you don't you don't want to get in weed control just to play around with it. But if you're serious about it, then, then it, you look at it as the training I need to get going in this side of the business. What's the biggest kind of comment you get that people have been through it and appreciate it? What are they telling you? Yeah. What kind I, of feedback? Well, we did. I've done that. And I also did. I, I don't interact with those people a lot, though. Um, there is a Facebook group. But so I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have a good answer to that. But I do have an answer for the, the ones that we did actual individual coaching with. And we did some group coaching stuff. And so they, you know. You know, they still, well, I like, I've had to bounce this a little bit, but they stay in touch with me. You know, I try to tell them, I was like, listen, you know, if people pay you money like that, I'm not, I say, you can't call me every day, but I mean, if you got a question or whatever, you know, we're going to help you out and that sort of thing. So, you know, I mean, the truth is, uh, Frank, it is actually life changing for people because of, of what it does for their bank account and things. So uh, you, I mean, I get emails. Well, I got one the other day. And the guy said he came to my conference like two years ago or something. I don't know. He said he had a thousand customers now. And he's doing wow. great. And so some of the people, uh, they go, they blow way past me. I mean, my job is to kind of get them started, you know, and have success. But So the biggest comments you're getting back is how it's really impacted their bottom line on their business. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing. I think so. And then and then also the people who, who were able to leave a job that they didn't really enjoy. And now the kind of the freedom and the satisfaction they feel because they're running their own business and so that's that's pretty cool too awesome sorry mr producer i'm, I'm not supposed to say awesome anymore it's fine. mr producer calls me on the phone guys and teaches me how to be a better broadcaster and uh i guess that's one of my weaknesses when i when i transition and segue it's not smooth so we're <laughs> working on it show me how it's done dr frank get it get us a transition to the okay well the way we should transition is just tell mr producer that mr producer is totally awesome <laughs>
Ah, oh, there you go. And we'll put a link, Mr. Producer, we'll put a link in today's show notes where you guys can click on Jason's um, link to the um, his course. And if you use my link, I'll get a kickback. So I appreciate that. If you, you go through our ecosystem at the Green Industry Podcast, and uh, we definitely appreciate Jason putting his best products on our um, website. So thank you uh, very much for your time, both Jason and Dr. Frank. All right, friends. Well, I'm having a blast out here on the Summer Road Tour. Thanks again to our Summer Tour sponsors, Kohler Engine, Site One, Echo, and Nice Job. All their information is in today's show notes, as well as the information if you guys want to get started with GPS Track, their phone number, and uh, the, the link to the website to get uh, onboarded with them and, and find out if it's the right fit for you, which if you have a, a, a fleet of vehicles, you definitely want to consider uh, GPS track it. And uh, we'll have the links to Hardscape Academy, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping in today's show notes as well. So we load up our show notes with the most convenient one click away for you. We'll just put the, the, the link there. You click on the link and it takes you uh, directly to the product or service that you've heard about on today's episode. So we appreciate you listening to today's show. And I definitely think think uh, you'll find what you need next in the show notes. So take a gander over there. And uh, if you're not already following the Green Industry Podcast on the podcast platform you listen to, I know, Jason, you use the Podbean and uh, I like to use, um, actually, I've, I've been using a lot of Spotify lately. I, I use Apple Podcasts as well, uh, but I've been uh, kind of exploring the new Spotify. I guess it's been around for a while, but since Joe Rogan's went over to Spotify, I've just been kind of checking it out a little bit like that. And uh, it seems like a lot of folks are using the Spotify as well. So um, I say all that to say whatever platform you are listening to the Green Industry Podcast on, make sure you are following the show and the notifications are on. So when the new episode drops, you can tune on in because we put out a fresh new episode every single morning. We really want to be the morning show for entrepreneurs, for small business owners to tune into and know that they can be motivated. They can start their day with positivity, with education, with cutting edge trends, and just be really inspired to get out there and crush it. That's our goal. And that's why we go on tours like this so we can get in-person interviews and just bring you guys the best of the best. And uh, we hope that you're tuned in and, and synced up and linked up with following the show, having the notifications on. So when you wake up, everything's already ready for you just to hit play. So whatever platform you're listening on, please make sure you're following the show. All right, well, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening, friends. And go Buckeyes. <laughs> there you go, Jason. All right, let's go, let's go play some golf, man. Let's go, go play a little closest to the pit. You have been listening to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jameson. Thanks again to Nice Job, Site One, Kohler Engines, and Echo for powering our second annual summer road tour. And don't forget to smash that follow button to stay up to date with the newest episodes as the tour rolls on. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.